Thanks for joining me on the Activate podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and it's my prayer that this podcast would help to activate your faith and also activate your life as you serve God and serve people. Let's pray together, and then we'll get right into the Word of God. Jesus, I thank you that you're here this morning, just like you're here every single morning. You never waver. You have never left us. You've never forsaken us. You've never turned your back on us. And so this morning, God, we come to you trusting and knowing that you have a word for us. And so, Lord, we put our lives in your hands, and we ask that you would guide us, lead us, direct us, that your word would be a light unto our path. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we're going to be taking a look at the book of Psalms, and we're going to take a look at three different passages in the book of Psalms and how it relates to our lives. Last week, we talked about other people's sins, and this week we're going to talk about our own sin. So we're going to start by looking at Psalm 119, verse 107. And Psalm 119 is super, super, super long. Psalm 119 is uh, written so that every letter of the Hebrew alphabet is, is represented by a stanza. And so when we get down to uh, verse, we'll start at 105. So we're in Psalm 119, 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I'll promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. So this is all good. And we all relate to that. And we're all like, woohoo, yes. Lord, your word is a light unto my path. I have promised it before. I'll promise it again that I'm going to obey you, that God, I am for you. I, I want to be your servant. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And then it says this in 107. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again. As you promised. So the writer here is saying, I've obeyed you. I love you. And if you go back through Psalm 119, he's just continually committing and reiterating the fact that he loves the Lord, that the law of the Lord is on his heart day and night. And then he says that, that verse in 107, I have suffered a long time, Lord. Give me life by your word. Give me life by your word. And I think that we can all relate to the goodness of God. We can all relate to God coming through for us because God never leaves us. His word never changes. And so as the author is, is standing on a promise that God's given him, today we also can stand on the promises that God has given us. And it's easy in our day-to-day -day life to lose track of the goodness of God, to lose track of the blessings that we have. This morning, as I was getting my son off to school, I began to pray for him. And uh, later on today, I'm finishing packing some 55-gallon barrel drums that we're sending to Liberia, West Africa. And the reconciliation of those two worlds is really big. There is a big gap between what goes on in Liberia, the fourth poorest country in the world, and here, America, one of the richest nations in the world. There is a huge gap. And so to pray for my son this morning, it, it humbled me to think, and I prayed, and I thanked God for the blessings of his backpack and his sneakers and his school and his food that he had for breakfast and the friends that he would have and the things he would have available to him. And I thanked God for all the blessings on my son. 
And I'll spend uh, this afternoon finishing up uh, buying items and getting things together for barrels that will go to kids who don't have what my son has. And is God still good in Africa? Absolutely. Is God still generous in Africa? Absolutely. Sometimes we can't see the blessings that are right before us. The set of blessings that the Lord has lavished on me are wonderful, and I'm grateful. And for the first time in my life, I'm recognizing more and more what those are. But conversely, the blessings that he's lavished on a woman born in West Africa are just as great. They're different than my blessings, but they are just as great. Because God is faithful whether you live in West Africa or America. And the gifts that God has given a woman there are great. And the gifts that he's given me here are great. And the gifts that we're given, we have responsibilities for. And so I have a responsibility to give what I'm given away. I have a responsibility to take my wealth and to share it. I have a a responsibility to take my wisdom and to share it. I have a responsibility to take all that I have been given and to give it away. And conversely, people in Africa have been given a sense of community and friendship and uh, sisterhood that we don't have here in America. They have been blessed in a different way. And they also have a responsibility to use the gifts that God has given them. But all this to say, in Psalm 119, I've suffered a long time. Give me life by your word. The word of God is as applicable in Africa as it is here in America. The word of God is as applicable to your situation, no matter where you live. We have listeners all the way from California to Maine. So this word of God, this scripture is applicable to you, no matter where you live. No matter your situation, no matter your marital status, no matter how many kids you have or don't have or have adopted or have aborted or have fostered, it doesn't matter. The word of God stays the same. The promises of God remain the same. No matter what your financial situation is, the promises still stay stay the same. No matter if you have a lot of friends or no friends, no matter if your life is very difficult or very easy, the promises are the same. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we look and we say, well, this person has more life by the word of God than I do. The truth is the promises are the same. I want to remind you this morning that the things that God has spoken from the beginning of time are applicable today in 2018. They didn't stop in a certain generation. They will continue forever. And I want to look at one particular promise that if we could just zone in on today, if just for today we could take hold and grasp this one promise of God, I think it'll shift how we act and what we say and our gratefulness and our idea that we are blessed, that we are walking in the favor of God. And so... The writer in Psalm says, I have suffered for a long time. Give me life by your word. And I want to talk this morning about how God can give you life today, regardless of situation. 
geographical location. God can give you life today by his word that's already written down for you. It's black and white. It's written and it's, and his promise is true and it is proved true. And there's nothing in this whole world above the world, below the world that can change it. It's everlasting. It's truths are eternal. They are for us today. They're written. It's not something we're seeking and we're hoping that somebody will tell us. We don't have to go uh, somewhere to, to find a guru to speak to us or someone to, uh, to teach it to us. It's written right for us. And we've been given the Holy Spirit of God within us to reveal truth to us. And so today, promises are true and available, black and white, written down just for us. Humanity. We're going to go backwards through Psalm. So we look, took a look at Psalm 119, 107. We're going to go back to Psalm 49. And in Psalm 49, the writer is, is talking about when enemies surround us. And so we're going to start in verse, verse 5. Psalm 49, verse 5. Why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and they boast in great riches. Yet, and here it is right here, they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. In another translation, it says, the price of life is too high to pay God for. And what that's saying is <laughs> no person could ever pay a high enough amount to redeem their own soul. You couldn't pay $1 million and receive entrance into the kingdom of heaven. You couldn't pay $1 billion and receive eternal life. Catch that today. There is literally no amount of money stacking all the gold in the world. There's no amount of money that could pay for your soul. In Psalm 107, it said, give me life by your word. And then in Psalm 49, it says, we can't pay for our own soul. There is no ransom that we can offer for our own soul. Whether you live in Africa, Europe, Asia, Russia, South America, you can't come up with anything to pay for entrance into heaven. No person can. So we stand at the mercy of God himself. Catch this. Catch this. You can't make it into heaven on your own. You can't buy your way into heaven. God, give me life by your word. I need a word from God that will breathe life into my soul. I need to stand on the promises of God that are true. And the promise is this, you can't ransom your own soul. Well, how does that give me hope? I'll tell you how that gives you hope. In this impossible situation, it takes all the pressure off of you because it is impossible, because there is no way in in the entire 
known world that you could gather enough money or resource resource to pay for your soul. And so then it has to be only one way, and that's through Jesus. Listen to that name, Jesus. That name, Jesus, rings in every continent. That name, Jesus, rings in every situation, in your situation, in your family, in your workplace. That name, Jesus. Do you see? Jesus is the only way into heaven. He paid your way into heaven, and he paid it through his own life. The writer in Psalms says, give me life by your word. And Jesus answers, here's life. Here's me. Here's Jesus. I will give myself. I will give you life by myself, by, through Jesus. We're going to go backwards through Psalms even a little bit more. We're going to go to Psalm 36. Psalm 36. We're going to start right in verse 1. Sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see, cannot see, they cannot see how wicked they really are. Everything they say is crooked and deceitful. They refuse to act wisely or do good. They lie awake at night, hatching sinful plots. Their actions are never good. They make no attempt to turn from evil. Back all the way up, Psalm 119. I need life by your word. I have suffered long. God, I trust in you. I said it before. I'll say it again. I will follow you. Psalm 49, the price to pay for eternal life is too high. The only one that can do it. And the answer comes in the New Testament. The answer comes through the name and the person of Jesus Christ. And life is offered. Eternal life is offered for free based on the payment that Jesus Christ made on your behalf. But now we go, go, go into this portion of Psalms. In Psalm 36, and it puts a magnifying glass up to us. Sin whispers to us. Sin whispers to us. In another version, it says, he thinks too much of himself and he doesn't see his sin and hate it. He doesn't even see his sin and he doesn't hate it. See, so many times we forget that Jesus paid a debt that we literally could not pay. We accept Jesus, and then we begin to walk in a life of freedom because of the Holy Spirit. We get to, to walk in this new way because we're a new creation, because we're not the same as we used to be, because the Holy Spirit of God is in us, and we're new creatures, and we're, 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 we're like just in Psalm 119 where he said, I promised you before, and I'll promise you again, and Jesus, I am for you, and I will live for you. I will live for you. Come any situation. But then sin whispers into the life of the believer. Sin whispers to us the same way it whispered to Adam and to Eve in the garden. Sin whispers to us like it did to David, King David, when he sees Bathsheba. Sin whispers to us. 
What will our answer be? The problem, the big problem is this. We don't even see our sin and, and hate it. First of all, we cannot see it. We can't see our sin. Why can't we see our sin? Psalm 36, it, it, it shows us that we cannot see it because of pride. We can't see that we are a sinful people because we think that we've arrived somehow. We get so used to living our lives and we've gotten rid of a lot of the obvious sins of our lives, the things that other people can see, that we stop searching our hearts, that we stop coming before God and saying, your word is a light. Show me in the Bible, black and white, right before me, as I read, as I read the New Testament, as I look in Colossians and Philippians, as I pour over Galatians and Romans, God, show me. As I open the book of James, show me if there's evil in me. We have to humble ourselves so God can speak to us, so he can reveal to us the things that are in our hearts that we don't even know. But the prideful person would say this morning, I have no sin. I mean, I'm sure there's something, but nothing bad. I want to warn you today that we have to continually come before God because we are full of sin. The more I know God, the more I know I am a sinner. The closer I come to God, the more I pour over his word, the more I realize how far from him I am. I realize no amount of any good deeds could ever get me into heaven because I could not do it. I walk victorious and not defeated because of Jesus. But I have to realize that sin is continually whispering to me. And if I get too prideful and I don't see it, what does sin eventually bring? Death. Sin eventually brings death. If you play it out on a timeline, no matter what sin it is, it will eventually bring death. And so if I rewind this whole tape If I need a word from the Lord, if I need life by his word, that life by his word is to get rid of sin in my life. And the only way to see sin in my life is to read the word of God. Have you spent time reading the word of God today? Have you asked God to reveal to you sin in your heart, sin in your life, sin in your attitude? For a moment, stop looking around and blaming the church. Stop stop looking around and blaming your pastor. Stop looking around and blaming your family. But instead, with a grateful heart, come before God and say, Jesus, I know that I stand on, on a promise that I did not do on my own. I stand on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. I stand on his sacrifice. I know And this is a reminder to us all today. I know that I could not pay the price for my soul. I know where I stand. I remember that Jesus, you are the vine. You are the life giver and I'm the branch. I can only get life from you because I have to be attached to you. I have to get your lifeblood flowing in me. I know that I'm righteous only because of Jesus. 
Help us to see today that we can't be righteous on our own. We need to be spending time in the presence of God. How do we deal with our own sin? We spend time in the presence of God. I was listening to a song uh, earlier this morning, and it was, Your presence is heaven to me. Your presence is heaven to me. That should be it. The presence of God in our lives should be heaven. Because in those moments, God can reveal sin. God can correct things that are astray. God can realign us to where we need to be. And even when we walk in suffering, we can see God's promises being true and guiding us and leading us, knowing that something far greater than this world awaits us. Psalm 36. He thinks too much of himself. He doesn't see his sin and hate it. I'm going to put that in the the feminine just because I know that there are a lot of women listening. She thinks too much of herself. She doesn't see her sin and she doesn't hate it. Could that possibly be true of me today? Is there sin in my life that I don't see, that I'm refusing to address? The only way to find out is the light of the Holy Spirit revealing it to us through the word of God. Today, this is just a reminder to find a place alone with God without any distractions and say, God, if there's any evil way in me, if there's any sin in me, reveal it to me. Help me to begin to fix it. And I guarantee 100% that there is no one free from sin. There is no one who can walk and say, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong because that's pride. That's pride. When we put a veil up and we refuse to see that we are sinful. It's like saying that we could pay for our own sin and we can't. The price of life is too high to pay to God. What do you do with your own sin? First step, you have to see it. You have to see it. We walk around as believers thinking that we are without sin. And the truth is that God wants us to not be the same as we were last month. He wants to be doing a new thing in us. He continually says, sing a new song. I'm going to do a new thing. We should be different than we were in the month of May because this is June. So what is God showing you? What is God working on you in? Are you less angry? Are you more loving? Are the fruits of the spirit coming alive in you? Are you seeing yourself be kind in ways you've never been kind before? The first step is to recognize that possibly, just possibly, and not just possibly, but absolutely there's sin in your life. Absolutely there are things that you can change. Absolutely you can be more loving. Absolutely you can be more gracious and patient. Absolutely you can have more hospitality. Absolutely there's more people that you can minister to. And so I urge you this morning to get into the presence of Jesus, to get into the presence of God and to be grateful that his promises are true, that he paid the price for you, and that he's willing to work with you. He's willing to work on you. He's willing to help you to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, to become sanctified as you seek him.
it's possible and it's probable there's sin in your life. Are you working on it or are you ignoring it? If you're ignoring it, you're like the person in Psalm 36 who's steeped in pride, who lets sin whisper to them, and then they think too much of themselves to deal with it. This morning, let's deal with it. Let's deal with our sin. Let's get before our Father and let Him speak to us because He speaks in such a a wonderful way to help us address things at just the right time, and He leads us and He guides us through. And then through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be victorious over sin. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through trying harder, not through putting in more effort, but through releasing ourselves more and more to what the Holy Spirit would do in and through us. We can be changed and then more effective for the kingdom of God, bringing more people in to this free gift of eternal life through Jesus. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word because it is a light unto our path because your promises are true. Yesterday, today, and forever, your promises are true. In every continent on this earth, your promises are true. In every place, the Bible rings true. It doesn't matter where the Bible is read, the promises are true. It doesn't matter what household it's read in, it's true. And so God, I pray that we would open the word today, that God, we would see your promises, we would see your word, and God, it would change us. It would be a mirror that we would look into and we wouldn't walk away the same. We wouldn't walk away and forget what you've shown us. Holy Spirit, do a work in us. Help us not to be the same as we were last month or last year. Help us to continually be new in you. God, I pray that you would begin to work out and weed out sin that's in our lives, attitudes, pride, situations, things that we're involved in that we shouldn't be. God, I pray that you would reveal it to us by your Holy Spirit that we could be set free from the tangled up mess of sin, that we could walk victorious, and that God, in our victory, people would see the light of Jesus Christ shining through us. God, I pray that none of us would be too prideful to think that we are without sin, that no one would be too prideful to think that we have arrived or that we're even close. Help us to recognize that we need you. And Jesus, we thank you for paying the price that we could not pay. There's no one that could pay it. So Jesus, thank you for going on our behalf and to die a death on our behalf that we could not give on our own. Jesus, you did it. Jesus, thank you. Today we stand humble. Today we stand uh, bowing down before you. Help us to be more and more and more like you. God, I pray that you would put a longing in each of our hearts for your word, a longing for the promises, a longing for the scripture, a longing to know you like never before. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.